Hi everyone, Dave Therian here. Glad to be with you. Norwalk Radio, the Hope Club podcast. Sharing the good things of God's Word. I'll tell you what, man. Get discouraged, you get down, pick up a Bible. Go to the Gospels, read Jesus in action, pick up the book of Ephesians in the New Testament. Just get God's Word moving in your soul, moving and grooving. It'll certainly make a difference. We're talking about getting real with God. Let me ask you, are you real with God? I mean real, real, not just real. Are you really real with God? This series is intended to help us in our spiritual growth, in our natural well-being. You know there's a connection between your spiritual and your natural life? There is. Because God is in your life. He's in your natural life. Have you ever received a promotion? I've been promoted in something. How'd that feel? Pretty good? (laughs) Have you ever been demoted? How'd that feel? Not too good. Now, we usually like a promotion because it means maybe if it's at work, a higher salary, more benefits. (laughs) Sometimes it means more hours. Hey, I'm going to make you the manager, so not like we're going to own you. (laughs) It goes that way sometimes. But usually we get greater rewards when there's a promotion. Sometimes a promotion can bring you into a new circle of friends. You may find yourself working with those who have achieved a higher level of working responsibility and reward as well. You know, in baseball, promotions go from double-A AA to triple-A to the big leagues. This means more money, more notoriety, and maybe even getting your picture on a cereal box. That's a pretty good promotion. What do you think? But the benefits of all of those promotions that I mentioned are only for this life. Natural promotions are temporal promotions. Let's remember that. Okay? Very important to remember. But we're going to talk today about a divine promotion. Because a divine promotion is a real promotion. Now, when Jesus began his ministry, he knew that it was more than a one-man job. He knew that. He knew that he needed help. And especially, who would carry it on after he was gone? So he found some people who were not afraid of being promoted in life. Okay? I hope that that's you. So we're going to take a look at how it worked in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 18. Now, as Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew his brother, and they were casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets, and they followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother. They were in the boat with Zebedee, their father, 
and they were mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. Now Jesus was going throughout all Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness among the people. And the news about him spread throughout all of Syria. And they brought to him all who were ill, those suffering with various diseases and pains, demoniacs, epileptics, paralytics, and they healed them. And large crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis and Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. Now, this sure doesn't look like an ordinary scene at the labor pool or even a day at the office. And I wonder if Jesus saw something in the hearts of these men that he called. Do you think that what is in the heart of a person has anything to do with God calling them? Or should I say, God promoting them? God's call on a person is God's promotion. Don't forget that. God's call on a person is God's promotion. Who he calls, he promotes. David was called because of his heart. He was a man with a heart after God. The Pharisees were not called, they were rejected because their hearts were like whitewashed sepulchers, like the rock of Gibraltar right there. So the point is, I believe God is looking for people that he can promote in this life. Didn't we notice that? Second Corinthians, uh, second Chronicles 16, 9. The eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the whole earth, seeking those whom he can strongly support. I think the King James says, seeking those whose heart is toward him. So let's take a look at how this works. Jesus called Peter and then he called Andrew. And then he called the brothers James and John. Jesus called men who were not scholars. They were not influential. They were not wealthy. They were not celebrities. They were common, hardworking, simple folk who never would be thought of having a great future. And yet Jesus said to them, follow me and I'll make you fishes of men. See, evangelism was at the heart of Jesus' call to his disciples. Why did he start off with fishermen? I think fishermen had some good qualities. They had patience. You have to wait for the fish. They had perseverance. They cannot be discouraged. They had courage. The boat is so small and the sea is so large. They had timing a discernment to know when to fish. So let's know Jesus' twofold command. Number one, follow me. We would say, come hither. (laughs) Come hither, men. And secondly, fish for men. Now, they were fishers by trade, but they were now receiving a promotion, a divine promotion. Okay, remember, a call by God is a divine promotion. Now, verse 20 could make this an odd scene. 
Immediately, they left their nets and they followed him. Immediately. In other words, directly, they followed him. Now, I would say that this is not the first time they heard Jesus. I believe Jesus went down to the coast quite often and spoke to the people. And he would bring them wonderful messages from his father. And then one day, boom, it's time. It's like, okay, you guys heard me. Now it's time. I'm calling you out of the boat. Their hearts were prepared. And they were prepared. And they followed him. So they possessed another quality that could be easy to miss. They were prepared. See, when you're prepared, it's because you, here it comes, you listen to Jesus, and you take it into your heart, and you believe it. That's why. When you go to church, hopefully you listen to the Word of God, you take it into your heart, and you believe it. And that's what brings about life change. Now, some of these guys had already been to church. They listened to John the Baptist. And he was preaching about the coming of Jesus. In John chapter 1, in verse 40, one of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. And he found first his own brother Simon and said to him, We found the Messiah, which translated means the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon. You're the son of John, but you shall be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. See, preparation. And it appears that a relationship has already been established, first through hearing with John the Baptist, and then with Jesus as he spent time with them. And that's kind of like our lives, isn't it? We're brought near to the Lord through the preaching of the gospel, And then, after we take it into our heart and we believe it, we establish a relationship with him through salvation, prayer, and then walking in his ways. But it begins with hearing the word of God. So, the call will come. The divine promotion will come. For the disciples, Jesus said, Follow me. I will give you a higher calling in life. Right now you're catching fish that are temporal. They're here today and they're in the frying pan tomorrow. But I'm going to have you catch men. Men who have souls that live forever. That's a high calling. Let me ask you, have you heard the call? Have you heard God's call on your life? Have you responded? How do you know if you've responded to his call? How do you know? You know how you know? It changes everything. That's how. The way you live changes. Your priorities change. What's important changes. Everything changes. Let's look at the disciples. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. So notice what these disciples left. First of all, they left the boat. That was their livelihood, their income. They left their father. That was the comforts and the security of home. Mark adds, when he recorded this scene, when Jesus called them, 
They left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants, and then they went away to follow him. So they didn't, like, leave their father stranded. There were other men that were working for the father as well. And notice how their lives went from catching fish, sorting fish, mending nets, repairing boats, to a whole new way of life. And what was that new way of life? Where Jesus was going through all Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, healing every kind of disease, every kind of sickness among the people. And the disciples were there. They were watching the whole thing. So here was Jesus' ministry, teaching his Father's word. That results in changing lives. Proclaiming the gospel, that results in saving souls. Healing people, that results in giving hope and giving comfort. So let me ask you, is that a divine promotion in life or not? What do you think? Do you think that transition that these disciples made from the ocean to the streets of Palestine? You think that was a divine promotion? You think it was a higher calling? Now, the synagogue and the temple were very different. The temple was a place of sacrifice, a place of prayer, but not a lot of teaching. The synagogue was a place where there was the reading of the scriptures, the teaching of the scriptures. The synagogue was the center of Jewish life. And there was a synagogue in every community. Wherever there was a certain number of people, and it wasn't that large, there was a synagogue. Jesus began his ministry in the synagogues. Because it was there, he found people who were most sincerely seeking after God. That's why they went to the synagogue. They wanted to hear God's word. They wanted to hear it expounded. And proclaim, kind of like why you go to church. Hopefully you go to church because you love God's word. And you want to understand it. You want to know what it means. Hopefully you find a church that teaches God's word and explains the Bible. And says, listen, here's what it means. Here's what it meant to the people of the first century. But you know what? Here's what it means to you today. And you not only accumulate for yourself <clears throat> Bible knowledge, but you find application. Because we need them both. Yes, we need Bible knowledge, but it can't stop there. We need application. Because that's when it filters into our lives and brings about that life change. So we need it. So Jesus came teaching and preaching. Teaching the deeper things of the Scriptures and preaching the gospel invitation. Whosoever may come, may come. Preaching is the proclamation of certainties, the purpose to defeat people's ignorance, to tell them the truth about God. Teaching is the explanation and the significance of what is preached. And so many people then, and even today, are confused about God. You know that? You can listen to people talk. They all have their own idea. They have all fabricated 
their own image of God. They didn't search the scriptures to see what God was like. They fabricated their own idea. And some of them have fabricated such an idea of God that they even pushed themselves away. God is a judge. God is uncaring. God makes people suffer. God doesn't care about children. They have fabricated these images, and then they turn themselves against God. And then other people have fabricated images. God is like Santa Claus. God is like my favorite uncle. He'll give me everything I want, everything I ask for. And that draws them to a false concept of God. And they end up spending their lives going after a God that's not real. It's not the God of the Bible. So Jesus has come to clear the confusion. And I hope that you're in a church that has cleared the confusion of who God is. And you can only do that with sticking with Scripture, not taking verses out of context to meet your own personal opinion. We have to preach the Word of God for what it is. And a day is coming, and in some places it's here, where certain Scriptures are being banned, where the Bible speaks against certain sins. It's being banned. The Bible will even be called hate speech. Imagine that, the wonderful Word of God that invites people into a loving, lasting relationship with Christ is being labeled hate speech because it, because it calls sin what it is, sin. But why does it do that? Because sin is destructive. The sin that people enjoy, the sin that is condoned in our society, the sin that is making headway is destructive, and God says it. It's destructive, and it'll destroy you, and it'll destroy a society. And people call that hate speech. That's like calling a speed limit sign hate speech. Or a sign that says, dangerous road ahead. That's hate speech. Because I don't want to drive slow on that dangerous road. I want to go 120 miles an hour. It's hate speech for you to tell me I have to slow down. Steep hill ahead. That's hate speech. Now, you see how dumb that is? And yet there are people with their own favorite sins. And if the Bible speaks against it, they call it hate speech. How did I get down this road? Because the church is the place to clear up the confusion. And that's why we have to stick to the Word of God. It's a light to our path. We have to remember that. It shows us the way to go. This is why New Hope Christian Church exists. We do our best to clear up the confusion and the misunderstanding that people have about God. And and people need to do that. We all need to learn. You need to learn the Word of God so you can be part of that clearing up the confusion about God. So what's happening here? The news about Jesus, verse 24, spread throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all who were ill, those who were suffering with various diseases and pains, demoniacs, epileptics, paralytics. Oh, and he healed them all. He healed them all. See, that's the Jesus of the Bible, caring, 
compassionate. Now, large crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis and Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan River. So you see what's happening? Jesus is traveling throughout the region, teaching, preaching, healing, and he got those men out of the fishing boats to be part of what he's doing. A divine call that resulted in a divine promotion. Now, God hasn't stopped operating that way. He still calls people. And in that calling is a promotion. So let's make an application. It's always good, as I said, to learn the scriptures, but then find application for our own lives. So let me give you an application. I'm going to ask the question, how real am I with God? Do I see people in this world who are without the truth about God? You see people in the world and they don't, they might have an opinion about God, but do they know the truth about God? That's the key. Secondly, have I heard the gospel message, the truth about God? Do I know without a doubt the character of God? That he's compassionate and kind and he sent his son to come and atone for my sins, that I can be forever forgiven and brought into a relationship with God and have a heavenly home? Do I know that truth? Have I been taught, thirdly, have I been taught its meaning and significance? In other words, do I see the, 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 the deepness of that? That this is beyond this world, beyond this life. That everything that I see when I look out the window, it's temporal. But what God has presented before me is eternal. Have I seen that? And fourthly, has my life changed because of it? Have I experienced a change in the way I look at life? The way I think about life? The way I live my life? Because of that gospel message. Fifthly, will I live differently now because of what I know and what I've seen? Will I do that? And sixthly, can I actually see my life as making a difference in the life of somebody else? How about this? Can I make the weekend the most important part of my life? And I don't mean weekends were made for Michelob. I don't mean that commercial. I mean, do I see Sunday morning a gathering together of the people of God and worshiping God and being equipped as the most important part of the week? Can you see that? Is it an obligation? Is it a responsibility? Or is it an anticipation that you can't wait for? That's the difference. Then will I get on board with my church? Will I get on board with my church to make life change happen for other people? You know, every church has needs for the congregation to step up and fill the gaps. Matter of fact, the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians 4, listen, the reason you have prophets and evangelists and 
pastors and teachers, is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. The, the work of ministry is driven by the laity, not the clergy. The clergy equips the laity to do the work. It's like the captain of the ship doesn't row the boat. The captain of the ship plots the course, and then the rowers row the boat. If every person in a church grabbed an oar, that would be a fast-moving church. Oh, yeah. That would be a powerful church, and people's lives would be changed. And even the rowers get muscles, right? (laughs) The more you row, the stronger you get. So think about that. Think about life change. Hey, Jesus called his disciples, and his disciples stepped up. They did. And they received a divine promotion. How about you? See, we're talking about being real with God. That's what we're talking about. And I think that when we're real with God, it means that we step up and we answer the call. We answer the call that's on our lives. And, you know, every one of us have been given a spiritual gift at the moment of salvation. And we have a responsibility to discover the gift, cultivate the gift, and utilize the gift. You got to figure out what it is. Then you got to get better at it. You got to practice it because, you know, like anything, it doesn't come, you're not great at it in the beginning, but you get better with use. And then you put it to work, utilize it for the kingdom of God. Think of it. God calls, God promotes, and we respond. James said, show me men that has faith. I show you man that has works. Because works follows faith. The more faith, the more works. And the more God is glorified. I don't know, I kind of like this message a little bit. There's a little prodding going on, that's okay. Sometimes it's good to be prodded. You can hear it again at the Hope Club podcast. A divine promotion. I might call it that. I'll say when I get there. But you have been called. And in that calling is a promotion. All you need to do is respond. That's it. Respond and start living the higher life. Because now you're real with God. <laughs>